Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats presented by Taco Bell. It's the second travel day of the World Series. But guess who's already back in Houston recording an episode on the field with a beautiful open roof of Minute Maid Park behind me. This stadium is beautiful. The roof has obviously been a talking point this whole series. And from what I hear, Game 6, the roof is going to be open. So look for that tomorrow night. Weather permitting, you never know. But I can tell you I'm here right now. This place is awesome. The roof is open. It feels incredible. And tomorrow night, this place is going to be insane. Game 6 of the World Series is coming up. Let me talk to you guys a little bit about October and how awesome this experience has been. You know, it kind of started with talking to A-Rod and Big Poppy. Sitting down, having them on flipping bats, kind of kicked off the postseason, kicked off October. It was awesome. And then being in studio for a lot of it, watching games there. But then we got to the World Series. And that's where things really started to get special. We have a big team of people here. And it has been absolutely incredible being with all of them. The, the late nights on the field, some nights we've been down on the field till 1 o'clock. The first travel day, we basically had to go straight from the field to the plane where I got to fly on the chartered Fox flight with the entire crew. That's one thing that I know I didn't realize, and, and a lot of you at home don't realize. What it takes to bring this World Series to you all at home is a couple hundred people behind the scenes producing this, doing all the technological stuff behind the scenes for for me to be able to see the game I love for me to be able to do this there's so much going on I had no idea but it has been absolutely incredible another travel day another chartered flight early this morning to get here and now we're down on the field one of the first ones here to do a show this has been absolutely incredible game six starts tomorrow so let's round the bases right off the top and let's start with that the Astros they're coming home. They're here. They're back at a place where they're 5-2 and two at home in the playoffs. They've played great here, and historically, since 2017, they've been really, really good at home for years now. And a lot of it is to do with this stadium, this crowd, just how much this crowd gets into it. The Astros do have an advantage playing at home, but this roof has been quite the talking point. And I know a lot of people just think, well, What's the deal? It's just a roof. Most places play with a roof open. It's not that simple. The place plays totally different. I remember listening to a, a Dusty Baker interview a, a week or so ago talking about the roof and how, you know, when it's open, this place plays so differently. We want it closed. We want it to be loud. We want our players to know what's happening, to know, to know how loud the crowd's going to be, to know how the ball is going to fly. Everything changes when it's open. I'm excited for it to be open. I love the look of it. I think, honestly, you can't beat this. You can't beat what's happening behind me right now. But one thing I know is that the Astros are coming home. They're down one game in this series, but they are 5-2 and two at home in the postseason. Advantage Astros? 
I don't know. The Braves clearly have the advantage in the series being up one. But they can't be feeling good coming to Houston. They need one more. The Astros need two. But this place is going to be rocking and rolling. You know, one point I, I talked about, and this is heading on over to second base, was the whole BP situation in Atlanta. And I made a point of this on my last show about how the Astros weren't able to take batting practice on the field. You know, every single stadium you play in, it has cages underneath and, and next to the clubhouse, and that's all fine. You can warm up in there. The importance of having a, a look and, and having on-field BP is being able to understand the batter's eye. Now, let me kind of go a little more in depth here on that because I touched on it in the live show, but it was kind of a brief synopsis. The batter's eye is that thing out in center field. Every stadium has it, whether it's green or black or blue. It's something dark and solid so that the batter can pick up the ball out of the pitcher's hands. It's always directly behind the pitcher, and it's there so that you don't have these weird colors that, that blend in with the ball in the hitter's eyesight. But in Atlanta, they also have the same thing. There's just a lot going on out there. There's trees. There's a waterfall. It, it, it's fine. It's nice. It looks great. But it's a new stadium that these players aren't used to playing in. The first two days out there, they weren't able to hit on the field. The final day, they were. So being able to have that BP pitcher throwing, obviously it's not a game-like situation. You don't have an actual pitcher. But the BP thrower pitches in the same line as the game pitcher would pitch. So you're getting the same trajectory of the ball out of a pitcher's hand and seeing where it's going to come out of that batter's eye and getting used to it. Yesterday after the show, or during the show, I got to catch up with Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman and talk to them both about it, and they both said, yeah, you know what? That helped. Another thing that helped was on the defensive side, just being able to get out on that field and make certain plays and practice certain plays. Correa said, I worked with our, our bench coach to make that play up the middle. I always work on that. And then he made that play at short last night in the game, uh, a four-handed play, the spin, the throw, the absolute rocket of an arm. He works on that. He's not able to work on that in a cage when it's raining outside. And so finally they're able to get on the field. Bregman did the same thing. He works on those slow rollers, those bare hands. One of the coolest things I thought he said was that when he caught that ball yesterday, he caught it with two fingers. He almost didn't throw it. He had such a bad grip. He ended up throwing, and it worked out. But all of those things that take place on the field are so important, mostly when you're in a stadium that you're not used to playing in. That's where it becomes so important. Now the series shifts back home where the Astros, one, are used to playing here, and two, we know they're going to take BP because if it's raining, that roof's going to be closed. And if it's not, it's going to be beautiful, and they're going to take BP anyway. So that was a huge factor going to Atlanta. Also, let me... Let me say that the Braves outplayed the Astros there. So this is not taking anything away from what the Atlanta Braves did. I'm not going to blame it on no BP on the field. It is certainly a factor that absolutely helps. But nothing is taken away from the Atlanta Braves and what they did those first two games in Atlanta in front of that crowd. That was one of the coolest experience, experiences that I've ever gotten to see. That place 
was electric. It was awesome to see. I watched it back on TV. You could even feel it on TV. So congrats to the Braves for winning those first two. Astros finally got to take BP in that last game, and who knows if that was a direct factor, but it certainly ended up helping. But let's head on over to third base. Game six starts here tomorrow night on Fox. A great game expected again, I think. We got Max Fried on the mound for the Braves. Luis Garcia on the mound for the Astros. Look, to be quite honest with you, Max Fried hasn't been great for the last few outings. Most of the postseason, he hasn't been good. He got roughed up in his first start, which was in game two. He got roughed up in the NLCS a couple times. Luis Garcia, we've kind of seen him all over the place. But what comes to my mind is what he did in the ALCS when he struggled to start before, but then he comes home, he's got the adrenaline pumping, and he's throwing gas. That was special. I, I think he's going to come out and have a good outing tomorrow. Look, I think the Astros figured something out offensively. I really do. And we, and we got to catch up with a couple of the guys that really started turning it around, Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman. And they both said, you know what, we just had to do something different. We had to change it up. We had to, make, we had to come up with a different approach at the plate. And not only did they do that, the whole team did that. They came out and scored nine runs. So I continually talk in baseball about the importance of your mentality being in the right place and being confident when you go to the plate. All those guys are going to be confident going to the plate right now. I really think this offense figured something out, and now they get to come home in front of this crowd that's going to be rocking and rolling tomorrow. I think the Astros win tomorrow. I think... The biggest thing for me is that Max Fried, who is an absolute stud, is not on his best game right now. He's a young guy. He's not used to pitching this many innings in a season. His arm clearly has some wear and tear on it, as does everybody's this time of year, but he's not used to it. I think the Astros come out early in front of this home crowd and put up a bunch of runs tomorrow. I really do. But let's round third and head home. Before this series started, I gave a couple of key factors, a few different ones. And honestly, we've seen them all come into play to this point. Can the Braves pitching shut down the Astros' offense? Well, let's look at the game, the games the Braves have won. It started with the, the first game of this series. They shut them down. The Astros' offense wasn't able to do anything. Two runs were scored by the Astros in this hitter-friendly ballpark. So you look at all the games that the Braves have won, and I know it's easy to say, oh, well, yeah, the, the games that the Braves won, the Astros didn't score many runs. But it goes a little deeper than that. This Astros team is known for putting up runs. In game one, they scored two runs. In game three, they almost got no hit. So I think that's a pretty powerful statement. They almost got no hit. They didn't score a run in game three. And then in game four, two runs. So that has certainly shown itself to be a key factor here. Another one was, can the Braves' additions step up and, and be as good as they have? In the, in the regular season, the reason they made it to the playoffs? And the answer to that so far has been yes. And it didn't take very long to get there. Jorge Soler, one of the new additions, the first at-bat of the World Series hit a home run, becoming the first player in the history of baseball to start off the World Series with a home run. 
Then you have Eddie Rosario, who has seemed to be just on another planet all playoffs, and it's continued into the World Series. He keeps hitting well. Adam Duvall, a grand slam to start off game five, making it 4 nothing in the first inning. These guys have just been producing for the Braves. It's been really fun to watch them. Another key factor I talked about, the Astros' experience. When is that going to show up? Well, it certainly did in game five. Their backs are against the wall. They were one game away from season done, being losers in this series, Braves winning it all, and then Adam Duvall hits a grand slam in the first inning. Seemed like it was all done. We really saw the Astros' experience show there. They at no point thought they were done. They fought back in it. It happened quick. They were back in it by the third inning. Then Freddie Freeman hits a massive bomb, and it, and it again seemed, okay, the Astros are going to have it cut out for them, and they just kept fighting. They just kept fighting tooth and nail and clawing, and then they ended up winning in a 9-5 in a ball game. And one of the last key factors I talked about was with this Braves team. They have to do things. They have to do the small things on the field. We saw it in game one. Ozzy Albies gets on base. He steals a base. He ends up scoring on a double. It seemed like these last few games, and I know the Braves won two in, in Atlanta, but they certainly didn't win in game five, and it seems like they've been living and dying by the long ball, and that's not something you want to do against the Astros because they'll outslug you. So that's not something we want to do. They need to get back to doing the little things, and every game that they've won, besides the back-to-back -back homer game, which was awesome, they do the little things. It's almost like there's a merry-go-round happening on the bases. It's not the homer that carries them. It, it seems like Austin Riley is just driving guys all around the bases and hitting doubles. But those key factors that I talked about are certainly showing up in this series. All right, moving on now. You all know it's not an episode of Flippin' Bats if there's not a top five list in there somewhere. So, of course, we're going to do one, and we're going to start with the top five most impactful players in the World Series. To this point, an updated list. And we're going to start with number five, Carlos Correa. Look, we all saw what Carlos Correa did in game five. He was great at the plate. He had three hits. He drove in a run. He had a great night offensively. I talked about a little earlier that play up the middle that he made that he practices all the time. Obviously, his game five was awesome. But he's been making an impact on the field, even more than just what he's done offensively so far in this series. One, it's hard to not it's hard to watch the World Series and not appreciate the rocket of an arm he has, and we've seen it show up a few times. Early in the series, there were a couple double plays that were turned that it looked like there's no way this gets turned. But then he pulls out that rocket of an arm, throws out the guy at first. It's happened a couple times. So even when he's not making the biggest difference at the plate, which we're now seeing him hit better, he's doing it in the field. He's making an impact on both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively, in the dugout where he's a very vocal player, where he brings the energy, where he brings that passion to the team. That's another reason that he's on this list, and he's at number five. All right, and at number four, we got Ian Anderson. Game three, five no-hit innings. This one was easy. He almost threw a no-hitter in the World Series. He maybe even 
could have if he was given the opportunity, but he's taken out of the game after five innings, five no-hit innings, and the Braves end up winning, almost throw a no-hitter for the entire team in that game. What a dominant outing. But look, it goes deeper than that. This Braves team hadn't been in the World Series in over 20 years. He's a rookie on the mound in the first home game, and he goes out and does that? Sets the tone? In one of the coolest atmospheres I've gotten to be a part of? That was incredible. That's quite the performance. This guy is a rookie. You would expect a guy like Charlie Morton to go out and do something like that. A guy that's been here before. A guy that's not afraid of the big stage. We didn't know what we were going to get from Ian Anderson. But as a rookie, he goes out and throws five no-hit innings, setting the tone for that team getting the win, allowing them to, to take the lead in the series. What a masterful performance from Ian Anderson. But moving on to number three, Jorge Soler. In this one, it started early. The bomb that started off the World Series for the first time in history. Jorge Soler leads it off with a bomb. But more than that, I, look, just being in the stadium, there really is a presence about this guy, no matter when he steps up to the plate, no matter how he's hitting, you just feel like if I don't make the right pitch, he's going to hit it out of the park. And it's continually feeling that way every time he comes up to this plate, to the plate. So he has that home run early. He has the home run in game four when they hit back-to-back -back homers. Dansby Swanson ties it. Jorge Soler, the hero of the night, goes back-to-back. And I got to talk to him after the game, by the way, after that game. That was awesome. But two just monumental homers in this series. One, the first at bat, and then that, the back-to-back -back after Dansby Swanson. He certainly has to be on this list as well. And number two, Jose Altuve, the catalyst of this lineup. There's a lot of guys in this lineup, but Jose Altuve is one that when he goes, this team goes. He's got a couple home runs in this series. A couple big home runs and big spots. Now, look, this list isn't stat-based from, from nobody on this list. When I, when I did this, when I put this together, it was in my head, who are the top five players that have really made an impact? Jose Altuve, after game two, was my pick for M MVP of the series to this point. Then the series shifts to Atlanta. He hits a bomb there. He's been playing well defensively. He's been really, really good. I look back to that, that game, too, when he hit the bomb down the left field line. This place was rolling. Jose Altuve at number two on the list. And at number one, Austin Riley. This was an easy one. Austin Riley is hitting well over 300. He has tons of doubles. When, when, I, when, when I sit back and watch games in this series, it feels like, and I know this isn't true, Adam Duvall hit a grand slam last game, but it feels like every single run has been driven in by Austin Riley. On top of that, he's playing great defense at third base. He's making great diving plays, saving runs. That game three, game three and game four, he made great plays down the line, saving multiple runs. He also had that backhanded play that he bounced across the infield that he did intentionally. It was really cool catching up with him after game three, being able to ask him about that play, where he said, yeah, you know, I've been working on that a lot, and that was the first time I've ever used it. 
in a game in the World Series. What a great time to pull it out. So great defensively, defensively, but mostly it's been the offense. He has been a force at the plate, well over 300 and so many doubles. Whether it be here, whether it be in Atlanta, he's just the guy. When I look at, when I look at this list, everybody has made an impact on this series, but he has certainly been the most impactful in every single game. He has been going out and having a dynamite game. So that's the top five most impactful players this far in the World Series. All right, and moving on, we're through five games of this World Series. I love top five lists. So where better to go than ranking the five games that we have seen, a list of the top five World Series games to this point. At number five, I'm going to go with game one. Game one obviously started off great. Jorge Soler, the home run. Ozzy Albies makes me look like a genius and steals America a taco like I predicted. But, you know, they're, it's in front of this Houston crowd. The Astros didn't play great. The energy wasn't great in this building from the word go. Braves end up winning. So at number five, I have game number one. At number four, I'm going with game two. Game two, the Astros' bats came alive. This place definitely had a little more energy in here. Jose Urquidy, seven punch-outs on the mound in five innings. He threw awesome. That was the Jose Urquidy game. But the Astros' bats came alive, and this place certainly came alive as well. So at number four, I'm going with game two. And number three, game four. Game four was the back-to-back home run game in Atlanta. To, to even preface this, these games in Atlanta were also special. First time in over 20 years the World Series has been there. The crowd was incredible. So game number four had those back-to-back home runs, Dansby Swanson, Jorge Soler. It seemed like the Astros had it in control. It was the first lead change of the entire World Series. That was an awesome ball game. Moving on to the second best game of the World Series. Well, that was game number five, the one we just watched. Game number five was awesome. A lot of runs back and forth. I'm not kidding you. What, what the Adam Duvall grand slam in the first inning reminded me of was the David Ortiz home run against the Tigers in the ALCS. That's how loud it was. That's the only thing I can compare it to. The place was literally shaking. They score four runs. You think the Atlanta Braves just won the World Series. Nope. The Astros' experience shows up. They fight back into it. They end up going down. It was just a heavyweight fight, back and forth and back and forth. Finally, the Astros blow through, score a bunch of runs, end up winning 9-5, to five, but that was an awesome ball game. And the best, number one, the best ball game of the World Series so far, Game number three. First off, and the most obvious, well, we almost saw a no-hitter in the World Series. Ian Anderson, five no-hit innings. No-hitter goes on even longer. It ends with a bloop single to left that almost could have been caught. But we almost got to see a no-hitter in the World Series. But more than that, there was just more to this game that shows up on the field. This was special. There hadn't been a Braves World Series game in Atlanta in over 20 years. And you could feel it. You really could. I could feel it from the second we landed in Atlanta. 
It just felt like there was this pent-up energy that everyone had, that everyone was ready to go. And then an incredible game, an incredible pitching performance from top to bottom broke out for this Braves pitching staff. What an awesome game. What an awesome atmosphere to be a part of from, from start to finish. So the best game of the World Series so far was game number three. But look, we're one away from, being, from game number six being underway. It starts tomorrow night right here behind me. Where is that game going to rank? I don't know, but I'm sure once this series ends, I'll do another ranking of where the games are. But that does it for this show tonight. Thank you all for listening to Flippin' Bats presented by Taco Bell. Make sure you listen, subscribe. This World Series has been an incredible journey. We're putting in a lot of hard work, not just me, the one in front of the camera, but there are so many people behind the camera working so hard that I am so appreciative of. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, whether you're on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever it is. And we also have social medias, Flippin' Bats Pod on Instagram, Twitter, wherever it may be. So thank you all for listening. I will see you tomorrow night for another live post-game show. See you.